You're a successful business owner or entrepreneur. You love it, but it consumes your entire day and sometimes your entire night. This is the Seven Figure Builder Show. It's a backstage pass to the minds of those who've already cracked the code. Welcome to the Seven Figure Builder Show. And now your host, Julie Baranek. Welcome to the Seven Figure Builder Show. My name is Julie Baranek, founder of Seven Figure Builder, where we help high achieving CEOs connect with their dream clients to scale to seven figures and beyond. And I'm here today with my friend Caroline Sumner. Say, Caroline. Hi. I'm excited to have you on today. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, first and foremost, where in the world are you? Savannah, Georgia. Nice. You're not that far from me. You're just south of me. I'm in Maryland, so. Yeah. <laughs> Love being by the water. I'm recently moved from Atlanta and it's been a great change. Yeah, I'm sure a little more peaceful there. Exactly. Awesome. <laughs> And for those that haven't had the pleasure to meet you yet, can you tell us just a bit about your business? So my business is Empower Academic Coaching, and we help take students from stressed out and overwhelmed to confident and successful. We especially love to work with kids who are struggling in school in some way because of ADHD, anxiety, learning disabilities, or just overall feeling like they don't know how to learn. I'm a former teacher, so I really saw in my work that there's so much to fit into the school day. And often as teachers, we have to focus on what to learn and not as much on how to learn. But those skills are really important and need to be learned as well. Things like organizing, planning, prioritizing, setting goals and achieving them. You know, the things that we all use every day in our business as adults. Absolutely. And those are critical skills, 100%. So tell us a bit of your journey to get here. I mean, my brain goes in a million directions just on this topic alone, just thinking of COVID and my family and and all the things we've been through. But talk to us about your journey. I taught for seven years in middle school and high school settings. And it was really in the last year that I was teaching seventh grade science and English. I had this group of students who were so curious and insightful. And when you would talk to them, they had so much knowledge to share and they were soaking up so much of what we were learning. But when it came to test time, they would walk in and say, we have a test today. Or if I asked them how they had studied for a test, kind of got that deer in a headlights look. And so as a result, their brilliance wasn't translating into their report card. If if someone was just to look at their grades, they would think that they were perhaps struggling in the class. And I knew that wasn't true. And so I got curious about that disparity. What can I do as their teacher to better help them show what they know in the metrics that we use in a school system? And so I started to meet with them before school and do things that at the time, I didn't think I would have to teach. Things like, how to plan out a week. If your math test is on Friday, what do you need to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to help make sure that you're completely confident and prepared by Friday? Or things like if a teacher has given you a grade and you don't understand it, how can you approach them and request a conversation? So I started to see these skills really have an impact on these students. And I figured if they were benefiting there would be other students who benefited as well. So in 2018, I decided to take this full time and 
Yes, COVID was certainly a, a challenging time to support students, but I'm so glad that I'd had a couple of years at it before then so that I could really jump into action. I love to be of service to people. Helping people is why I'm on this earth. And so being able to be there for families during the hardest time imaginable for many of us in our lifetimes was something that I was so happy I was able to offer. That's awesome. And how how did that transition through COVID? What did that look like for you? I'm curious. It looked like getting really busy because <laughs> so the schools that I mentioned or the skills that I mentioned earlier are actually called executive functioning skills. So uh, I often describe it as it's the CEO of of your brain. And so those things like planning and prioritizing, kids have always needed those to succeed in school and people need them just to succeed in their businesses and life. But COVID with the shift to online school and having a bunch of different assignments in different places and having less of what they had known uh, as the way they could interact with their teachers, that was so demanding on kids' executive function skills as well as their parents because suddenly they had to take on a lot of that teacher role. You know, teachers were working super hard and doing the best they could, but there's certain responsibilities that parents had to take on. So I think the whole family's executive function skills really got tested there and people started to see gaps in what their kids were able to achieve. Maybe that kind of didn't, didn't rise to the surface when they were in in in-person school. And then also, I think a lot of parents experience a tension in their parent-child relationship because of needing to step in so much. And so one of the ways that I was able to help with that is just be that other person in the child's village. Um, And so because we were growing, I also had to pretty rapidly expand my team. And so I brought in other certified teachers who were able to continue the great work we were doing so that I didn't have to tell people that we were full. And I'm really glad that I had that experience because that is something that I never really thought about when I started my business, but having a team is amazing. I love the coaches that I work with and it's one of my favorite parts of my business now. That's awesome. And just talking about the executive functioning skills, I'm glad you mentioned that. And we, we, that's something I know my child has struggled with throughout his life. And we've done a lot of research to try to figure out how to fill that gap and, you know, looked at different online services and different things that are out there and never really found anything that would help (laughs) quite honestly, like there's stuff out there, but it was more like brain training or something like that. So what do you recommend for the parent who thinks like that might be my kid, you know, what, what would help them with that? Other than of course, calling you. (laughs) I, recommend exactly what you did, which is starting with some research. I find that parents know their kids so well. So that intuition that you had that what you were finding wasn't really working. I think it's great that you listened to that. I know there's a lot of pressure on parents to, when your kid is going through something difficult, you want to find something that works and that can sometimes propel people into action maybe before it's actually the right fit. There are a lot of options out there. So yes, there are certainly things like brain training. There are things that are very specific programs, 
Or on the other end of the spectrum, you have something like my company and like a lot of um, academic coaching or executive function coaching, which is really highly personalized to that student. So we have general skills that we focus on, but the way that we teach them is through whatever the student is actually experiencing at school. So it's really relevant. And there's a lot of research to support that that's the best way to learn executive function skills is through the things that they're already doing. So rather than learning how to do a standalone study skill, actually using that study skill to help them study for their math test on Friday. And then they get to learn that and use it in the future, which is the ultimate goal of this, right? You don't want this to just be a band-aid. You want this to be equipping them with skills they can use for the rest of their lives. Another tip I would have is to talk with your child's teachers and see what they're noticing. They can often share uh, specific strengths or challenges that your child is facing in that specific setting. And they may have ideas and connections, or there may even be programs at your child's school to assist with that. And finally, there are also educational psychologists who can do testing and figure out what your child's specific strengths and, and challenges are. And that can be really helpful to give to the school as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember, as I'm sure most parents listening did, <laughs> with COVID, you got a fresh view of what your kid was learning, where your kid was struggling, and the help that they needed every single day to actually, you know, digest the information that they were supposed to be learning, not to mention flipping it into an online channel, right, versus the in-person channel. There were so many struggles there. But I, I, yeah, I'm getting flashbacks of my own of all the pain that we went through during that time. When would you say for parents today, you know, to, to reach out, like, what is that point where they should reach out to get more help? You know, so often we think, well, the school should just be providing those services or, you know, you just rely on it to just magically happen. But when would you say parents should reach out and just get more help? I think one sign that it's time to bring in some support is if school is creating a wedge in your parent-child relationship. So especially in, in my company, we focus on middle and high school students. And I find that that time, it, you know, teenagers are naturally going to be wanting to develop that independence. They're going to, you know, feel that they, they know uh, what's best and maybe not listen as much to their parents. And to some extent, that's really normal. At the same time, these are potentially the last years of their life The uh, that they're going to be at home. And so nothing makes me happier than to help families make those years really quality instead of tense and stressful. And I want parents to be able to be there for their teenagers in the way that parents are uniquely equipped to be there, be there as their guides, helping them build the values that will enable them to be successful in whatever they choose to do after high school. And you also don't need to be, um, you know, checking their, their homework portal and making sure that they're doing those things. However, if they are having trouble with that, then that's a good time to 
bring in someone as well. If you notice that you have really tried as their parent to help them, maybe their teachers at school have tried and they're just still doing things like missing assignments, not turning things in. I'll sometimes hear when students first come to us, they'll have zeros on assignments that they actually completed perfectly. They just left them in their backpack or left them at home or didn't click the submit button before the due date. And so if you start to see things like that, those are good signs. And then finally, if a, your child is doing really well, but it seems to be at a great cost to their peace or their mental health, that's a sign to reach out as well because I like to work with my students on working smarter, not harder, um, as you work with business owners in that capacity. And I find that there's a lot of students who will just work harder. They'll spend so many hours on homework And honestly, kids are in school all day. They should not also be spending the remainder of their waking hours on homework as well. So if you see that your child is feeling anxious about school, that can be a good time to reach out as well. Yeah, that absolutely. And how how do you see that the skills that you're helping these students um, build and polish now translate into their adult world? I see that it helps them, first of all, build a sense of confidence. A lot of the students that come to us are really frustrated that they're not doing well. I think sometimes there can be this perception that kids who are not turning in assignments or who aren't studying, it's somehow because they don't care. And I've literally never found that. They deeply care and want to do well. People love to be successful It's just that at a certain point, they have maybe, they haven't found what will enable them to be successful. And so they, they give up. Um, or they just think, let me do enough to get by because uh, I just can't figure out how to thrive here. And then what's also really unfortunate is around this time of being a tween and a teenager, that's when other people's messages can have the most impact. So. They will absorb those messages about not caring or about not doing well and think that that means something about their identity. And I think to have a world of adults who are flourishing and providing their gifts to the world, you have to start with that inner sense of confidence. So that's one of my favorite parts about what we do, having an impact on the future. I think also it helps people learn that you can use your challenges um, that you can use your strengths in your challenges. So for example, some of the students that we work with have significant challenges in organization, but there will be some aspect of their life that they're really organized. So for example, one of our students has this immaculately organized little video game world they've created for themselves. They have different tools they have to use in it, and they have a certain way that they line those tools up so that they can easily access them. And so we helped them think about what's working for you there that maybe we can try for organizing your backpack or your binder. And I think as adults, we can do that too. Think about what are the areas that we thrive in um, and use those to help us with our struggles. So for example, I am an introverted person. And so having a business and needing to do marketing and meet people has been a bit of a struggle for me in the past. So I figured out a strength of mine is one-on-one conversations. I love to connect with people in that way. 
And so I devote a good bit of my networking time to finding those opportunities. Or if I'm in a big networking setting, I'll go find one person who's standing by themselves and go connect with them. Yeah, uh, no, and we all have our strengths and weaknesses. So I think to your point, you know, the first step is acknowledging it, knowing what you're good at, and then building upon those strengths to really carry over into other areas of of your world, right? Which I think is really awesome. So if the child has an IEP at school or something like that, is that something you can help, you know, build off of or help, you know, look into and expand upon? Or how does that work? Absolutely. We work with students who have IEPs as well as 504s. And Mm -hmm. if uh, you're unfamiliar with those, those are just essentially plans that students get based on a certain qualification, such as a disability. And then it allows them to get some accommodations put in place. And the purpose of those is to make education accessible to everyone. So for example, a child with ADHD might have an accommodation that allows them to have extended time on a test to account for time that they may um, be feeling unfocused. So I love to support students with that because for many students, uh, for many parents, it's a confusing process to suggest accommodations and to understand what's going on and how it's going to impact your child. So I love helping parents with this. And uh, for any parents who are listening who have a child with one of these plans um, or are interested in exploring it, one exercise I recommend is to sit down and talk with your child about all the things that are difficult for them at school. And then to go through that list and pick out the ones that seem to be directly related to maybe their learning disability or ADHD or whatever they may be facing. And those are good building blocks for figuring out the accommodation they might need that would match with that. And that's a great piece of information that you can bring to their meeting at the school. I couldn't agree more. And I I remember for us in particular, we started this journey when my son was three. And when we first went for, you know, the evaluations at the IU, just a parenting tangent, but they told us we were fine. And I'm like, no, we're not fine. (laughs) Like we need help and you have to advocate. And I did just that of making a list. And I encourage parents out there, whatever stage you're in, make a list of all the little things that seem just a little bit off or that's going on in your world. Because I know personally, I really struggled at those meetings whenever they were throughout his entire lifespan at school of, you know, you go in there and they're like, well, how are things going? What are the problems? And I struggled to really convey properly what was happening at home. Right. And so after that, I would just show up with my list and I'm like, here, (laughs) this is what's going on. This is what our world looks like. And they would read it and be like, okay, yes, we need help, you know, or whatever the scenario was. So I think anytime you can really do an objective assessment and have that information, you can be that much better armed as a parent to really advocate for your child. Absolutely. And I'm sorry that you had that experience at at first of being told that everything's fine. I think that's something a lot of parents can relate to, unfortunately, because kids will act differently in different settings. And sometimes professionals will kind of overestimate 
how much they can know about a situation from just their limited interaction with your child. So I love that you kept going and kept figuring it out. And I would encourage any parents who've been told, you know, no, there's nothing going on here that if you have that parental intuition, it's listen to it because getting that support as you know, early on can, can really have such an amazing impact on your child's future. For sure. Yes. And I wish I met you about 15 years ago. <laughs> so <laughs> for any parents listening, call Caroline. Because <laughs> it makes such a big difference. But how how do you also see like we think about like self-care and having to take that step back and just, you know, really have that peace internally. But how does this play out in the family dynamic? Like, do you see a correlation there? Do you mean a correlation between working with an outside professional and the family being able to? Yeah. How does having that impact um, or how does that having that outside help really impact the dynamic within your family? That's what I'm kind of asking. Hey, real quick, it's Julie. I just wanted to say thank you for listening every week. I absolutely adore you and so appreciate your time and your commitment to the show. And I truly love creating free content for you to grow your podcast and your business. And if you want to take our relationship to the next level, I know I would. Or you just want to monetize your podcast without ads or sponsorship, hop into my free web class that'll show exactly how. Just go to sevenfigurepodcastbuilder.com slash monetize, and I will see you there. Now back to the conversation. One of my core values is peace. And that's really what I see happen in families when they bring in another caring adult. There's just a sense of, of peace that comes over their relationships. And that's not to say things are perfect. There's still, of course, tense moments and problems that they have to solve together, but it just takes a lot of the pressure off both of them. I think for students, it can take that pressure off of having to perform and prove that they're a good student because now they have a place where they can really work on that, a non-judgmental space with someone who's not their parent and who's not their teachers. I'm not giving them a grade. I'm only invested in helping them achieve their goals And then for the parent, it allows them to just get back to being a parent again, instead of having to be an educational liaison who's going through all the portals and helping their kids sort everything out. And I also think it is such a great move to, whether that is through a coach or through your neighbors or other people in your life, there is a lot of benefits for your child's mental health when they have other caring adults, supportive relationships in their life. And I think especially right now um, with everything that kids have been going through the past few years, the mental health metrics are not looking great. There's a lot of school-related anxiety. There's a lot of you know, anxiety about other issues that they're facing right now at this time in their lives and at this time in our world. And Having other adult, you know, mentors, essentially people who care about them, who have some more lived experience can be so beneficial for them. Absolutely. Now, and just having that, that support and another outreach for them, you know, to have that trusted person in their life. I definitely see a lot of value there. 
Exactly. I think one saying that I think about a lot is it takes a village and it's really true. I think there's so much pressure on parents to do it all, to be everything for your child and be the one supporting your family entirely. And I just think that's not authentic to how humans are. We thrive in community. And so whenever you can build that community for yourself and your family, I think it can only help everybody thrive. Definitely. And you mentioned your core values. How has that yeah, you know, been a, a critical point in your business or how has that played out in your own business? Pretty early on in my business, I worked with an amazing coach, Trudy LeBron, who helped me identify what my values are in their empowerment, peace, and thoughtfulness. And now that's essentially my compass for everything that I do. As business owners, we're faced with so many difficult decisions, things like hiring, what new programs we want to run, um, how to build out our marketing plan. And sometimes we'll have tough decisions about what to do about a client who's not happy with our work. How are we going to resolve that? And if I look at each of those decisions individually, that's really stressful and overwhelming. And I can often slip into thinking that there's one right answer to those problems. And they're simply not. So instead, what I can do is use my values as a compass, think about what my options are, and then think about which option is best reflecting all of these values, or is there a value that I really need to lean into right now? Maybe right now I need to be leaning into the empowering part of my business, and which option is going to best reflect that. And so for the business owners who are listening, if you haven't gone through this exercise of just sitting down and and writing down maybe three to five values, they could be things like joy, adventure, compassion, um, write those down and just experiment with it a bit. See if it helps your decision-making process, how it impacts your programming. And I honestly love to teach it to my students as well. They'll sometimes come to me with these big dilemmas like, I don't know which classes to take next year. Should I take all the IB and AP classes that my friends are taking? But then I'm concerned I'm not going to have enough time to do like my really intense soccer schedule. I'm going to have too much homework. And it feels like to them, there's one right answer and they don't want to get it wrong. So instead we look about, look at how both could be right. We talk about what are your values right now? And it takes a little bit more coaching with them because they may not have really identified values before or know what they are, but we'll talk through it together. And then every time I can see their shoulders just drop because they feel so much more peaceful about the decision they've made, knowing it's not based on what do other people want me to do or which one is right, but which one is right for me. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I like having, you know, where you have all three values, you know, which one hits all of those is really a clear-cut answer, right? And it gives you that much more definition of what you should do and what your next steps are. Awesome. So on that note, how do you define success? What does that look like for you? I used to think success was about outward achievement, for sure. And now I've come to a place of knowing that for me, success is about meaning. So 
All of the other outward signs of success, I think, can sometimes be an indication that you're uh, having a lot of impact on the world, but they're not necessarily. So rather than focusing as much on those, I really focus on who did I positively impact today? And that helps me to feel really successful. Awesome. No, that makes a lot of sense. And what can people expect from you next? Like what is up and coming in your business right now? I think these skills are so important to get in the hands of more families across the country and honestly across the world. So we are expanding into schools and doing professional development for teachers, providing curriculum for schools, and also connecting with academic coaches and executive function coaches who would like to engage in professional development themselves around these topics, how to better equip students and support families. So I'm really excited about the growth that's coming next for Empower. I love it. And I love that you support uh, teachers in that as well, because right now they need all the support they can get. Absolutely. (laughs) That's amazing. And if you had the attention of the whole world for five minutes, what would you tell them? Currently, a person's zip code can unfortunately be used to predict a lot of things about their future. And I truly believe that education has the ability to be an equal opportunity space, something where people can achieve limitless possibilities. That's, that's our company's mission. And I really want to see that in action. That's why I do what I do because I believe that school can be an education can be a place where people can go and achieve anything that they want to achieve without limits. That's awesome. Yeah. And when they have the tools to do that and the training and, you know, you've empowered them, it makes it that much more possible. So that's, that's amazing. So how can listeners support you in your work? Where can they find you online? Come find us on Facebook. It's under Empower Academic Coaching, or you can head to our website at empoweracademiccoaching.com. Fabulous. And definitely reach out to Caroline. <laughs> like I said, I wish I had found you many years ago because I really believe wholeheartedly in what you're doing. So I really appreciate that. And thank you for being on today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And if you found value in this episode, please do share it. That's how people find us. And you can find me at sevenfigurebuilder.com. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Listening to the Seven Figure Builder Show with Julie Baronick. Julie cut her teeth consulting for Fortune 500 companies worldwide. And now she's redirected that knowledge and power to support entrepreneurs like you. She focuses on relationship based lead generation and the magic of podcasting. If you're looking to elevate your business through storytelling, branding, and efficient systems, well, you found your new home. It's what we do. If you enjoyed the show and got something from it, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Instagram at Seven Figure Builder. Find the website at sevenfigurebuilder.com. And to learn how to automate your podcast with Julie, find that site at sevenfigurepodcastbuilder.com. See you next time on the Seven Figure Builder Show.